You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, what's up, folks? Thank you for tuning into this episode. A lot of the longtime listeners, when you clicked on this, you know exactly how much I'm fanboying out on this episode right now. I got to sit down with Tepe Teranishi of Thrice, who are quite literally my favorite band of all time. And that's a very easy thing for me to say. I've been saying it for years. They've had a massive impact on me musically. They might even be a big part of the reason why you're hearing this audio right now is they just roped me so much harder into music with the things that they've created than any other band. And I know I'm a huge fan, and I know that a lot of listeners have reached out and explored their vast kind of catalog of different sounds because of this podcast, and that makes me very happy too. So anyways, we talk about something on this episode that's not exactly happy, and I won't spoil the details, I'll let Tepe tell you, but there was some gear stolen from them years ago. One of the most crucial pieces being Tepe's Black Les Paul. And if you're a Thrice fan, you probably know the exact guitar that I'm talking about. And while we were talking about it, we decided we should put the serial number out there. So if any listeners happen to come across a Black Les Paul custom uh, that has the serial number, this belongs to Tepe. So the serial number is 824-85530. That's 824 824- 85530 and I'm going to put it in the show notes. So hopefully, you know, I know it's highly unlikely cuz it stole, was stolen so long ago that maybe this guitar can return to its rightful owner cuz it's the only piece that he really misses from the the collection. And for Thrice fans, it's a little bit of a an icon. So hopefully this Black Les Paul custom can possibly maybe maybe make its way back to Tepe somehow. So just take a note of that serial number, and if you happen to see a Les Paul Custom, especially if you're in California, it's not entirely likely that it left the state, but it's possible. Just keep your eyes peeled, and maybe it can return to its rightful owner. So, anyway, without further ado and any more fanboying, let's get into the episode with myself, my good friend Justin Porter, and Tepe Teranishi from Thrice. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, a show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have my co-host, occasional co-host, Mr. Justin Porter, Yo. and Tepe Taranishi from Thrice. Hello. How's it going, dude? All right. Been really looking forward to this for a long time. This is rad. Cool, so yeah. Thanks, thanks man. Thanks yeah, for thanks. taking the time, and we're both massive fans, so cool. this is... A, <laughs> I'm really trying not to fangirl right so, now. <laughs> so... So this is really cool for us. Oh, right on. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on this. Yeah, this is going to be a blast. So, you know, you've probably given a lot of interviews where you've talked about your your history and your backstory, and generally that's where I start with this show, but 
feel like maybe we shouldn't rehash all of that again. You can just talk about the tour you guys are on right now because this will be coming out during it. So, and uh, Visu as an album is very important for both Jess and me. It was a big. It was like it was the moment when I went from being just a regular like hardcore kid. I was like, wait a minute, music can do other stuff too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is a big one, but I don't know if you want to talk about the nuts and bolts of recording that since we're on this sure, right yeah, now and, yeah. and how that process kind of came to be. Yeah. Uh, you might have to pry it out of me just cause I'm not very good at just talking on my own, but, um, no worries. Um, yeah. 15 stinking years later. Now we're, uh, it's trying to play the whole record in its entirety. Plus all the B sides, plus some other songs. And so, um, yeah, this is night two of that tour. Uh, we had night one in San Francisco last night. It was um, a little rocky, yeah, as to be expected. It's totally understandable, uh, at least from us. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like it's just one of those things where you know, not that we fell in. Well, we did kind of fall into like a routine of playing a lot of similar songs on on tours. Um, you know, you'd always introduce, you'd put out a record and then you tour around that, obviously. Right. Um, and so there's always like the new songs that you're trying to throw into a set, and those are the ones that kind of throw you for a loop. And then it's nice to pad that with like the comfortable songs. Right. Um, and so any first show of a tour is always going to be kind of weird, but this one is like the, almost the entire set is unfamiliar. Yes. <laughs> and even the songs that we've, we have been playing, like, uh, the earth will shake, for example, is like a song that we play almost every time. Yeah. And like, that's a, and it's the third song. And so we got to that song we played, there's a song called Between the End and Where We Lie before that. And that was the first time we'd ever played it. Oh, it was wow. was last night. Yeah. So tonight will be like literally the second time we've ever played it. Oh, wow. All um, right. And so like the, you know, there was that song, we finished that and I was like, okay, nice, a comfortable song. But for some reason, like even just where that song was in the set, I guess, because we usually play it last. Right. And that was like pretty early in the set. And just like, even that just felt weird. So she was just not quite right. Yeah. Or just, I don't know. I mean, it's just your headspace mostly, yeah. but yeah, just kind of um, thrown for a loop. But uh, yeah, hopefully tonight will be a little better. It's interesting to think about touring for something that came out so long ago. And this, since this is supposedly a, a gear podcast sometimes, uh, did did you change did you have to like go back to some of the stuff you were playing with back in the day to get some of those tones or did you find new ways to achieve some of that uh yeah i think it's i mean technology now has come so far yeah you know what i mean especially compared to 15 years ago i mean it's it seemed pretty exponential the last i don't know five years or so it totally. seems like at least um, so no, I think we didn't really have to go back to old gear or anything. Um, I'm just running a line six Hela or HX effects, mm -hmm. um, for the most part. And that pretty much has anything I need right. on there of course, <laughs> and more. So yeah. 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 What were you using? Do you remember kind of what the rig was back in the day when you were doing some of that? Um, maybe vaguely. I know uh, that's a, that's a rough question. No, it's, no, it's not. Um, what I do remember, especially because there's a lot of it on this record, um, is the the whammy pedal. Was it mm -hmm. digi oh, yeah. Digitech, Digitech whammy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had a couple of those over a few years um, just because I broke them. Right. But uh, yeah, that was like a pedal that I was like, oh yeah, I use that a lot on this record. 
Um, and so there's that. There was the um, Boss PS3 or something like that. Is the pitch shifter delay? PS- oh, right, right, right. Is that, yeah. is that the right yeah. PS3 or so. PS6? I can't remember. Something. I feel PS- like it's three because every time I hear somebody mention it, I'm like, oh, like PlayStation 3. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, that was like one that we used pretty heavily for a long time, and we called it the Caven pedal. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with the band Caven. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that was like that that spacey kind of like pitch shifty trail that they used a lot. Mm-hmm. And we toured with them pretty early on. And they were like a huge influence on us. And so great band. we were like, okay, we got to get the Caven pedal. And obviously <laughs> we used it on a lot of stuff. Um, and you're able to find patches for that in the, in the Helix? Yeah, stuff? so for the Helix... Um, it's like a, I think it's called the Octo synth or something like that. I I haven't messed with one too much. Or no, so. no Octo, no, it's not the synth. Octo swell or verb something. or something. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm not the best person for this stuff to be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's something like that where it's got this kind of, it's got you know pitch shifted trails basically on a reverb. Right. Um, and it it's not exactly the same. Um, and I actually did kind of entertain the thought of like getting one of those pedals um for this but uh yeah it was easier just not to <laughs> it, it keeps getting brought up so much and i don't own one i'm probably gonna have to buy one at some point because the hx effects or no the, the PS3? well no well, that too uh, well i don't know if i'm going to do that but the listeners know like on the internet and in the the facebook group that's associated with the show I, okay i'm always like on the the hx effects yeah yeah works, yeah but not really like i i say that to be a jerk on the internet but like that's just because i'm a bedroom dork and i don't sure. do anything besides play by myself in my glorified bedroom basically. <laughs> so i don't need one and so i like can crank up things really loud in my in my shed and you know yeah i mean it, it does kind of like in a way it kind of kills the fun of like collecting pedals and i mean looking down at your pedal board and seeing all these cool pedals and mm-hmm. whatever um but uh it does make things a lot easier especially in a live setting oh yeah, yeah. definitely so, yeah. I, I can totally see the use for it you know it seems it seems to be a super user-friendly type thing it is it's yeah got it's so much in it that it's just like yeah. why wouldn't you have one yeah, and like I said, I feel like these days digital technology has just come so far that it sounds good. It does. And it, you know, for me, it just really streamlines what I have to do live. It's just no more like pedal dancing, trying to hit like five different pedals at the same time. And yeah, you totally. Yeah, yeah. Or like trying to like hit three pedals at once with right. your foot all angled weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it ma- it's made things a lot easier for me. Yeah, and the reliability too. I mean, like... I I was just talking to uh, Joey from the Used here not too long ago. Oh, cool. And uh, oh, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Super cool dude. Yeah. Joey. Talk- Joey's our boy. We talked about you a lot. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so that was fun. But yeah, he was like, we got to the segment where we were talking about his pedal board, and he's like, "Well, I know you're not gonna, because you know, it's a Helix," and I'm like, "I know I say that all on the internet all the time, but it's awesome. It yeah. actually is awesome. So yeah, it's cool. But I'm just a nerd, so." And I don't have to deal with these things. <laughs> I don't like being professional. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 a plus. Yeah. So I remember. I think it was on Alchemy Index stuff. The, that was the stuff you guys recorded a lot on your own, right? Correct. Yeah. And am I remembering correctly that you built some studio gear for that? Is that um, um you sort of? It's a half truth, I guess. Um, it's just like a kit. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, I didn't, like, build anything from scratch or anything. Right. Um, so I just literally just, it's like, paint by numbers, you know? Gotcha. You follow the instructions and you solder. And, um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if they're still around. I haven't really paid attention to Studio Gear in a really long time. But uh, it was a brand called Seventh Circle Audio. Oh, that's right. I are they still? Do you know them. if they're still around? I don't know if they're still around. I actually think they are. It okay. sounds like I heard about them recently. Cool. So they're yeah. They're probably still around. Cool. That'll Studio cool. Gear is not my forte, but okay, I, okay. I remember hearing about some of that stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just like they make their versions of reproductions of like really classic uh, preamps and whatever. Um, so yeah, I got some of those and just basically soldered things. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that much. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Very nice. So your guitars over the years, you've you've had a lot of different ones and changed out, you know, here. Yeah. And there. Yeah. And now you're you're with the Ernie Ball right now. Yeah. What tell me about that guitar. What I wanna know. Um It's a well, it kind of is changed for this tour, but it started off as a, a Valentine uh the family reserve mm -hmm. model they did like this really beautiful sunburst kind of thing um with binding and it's really like intricate neck that has block inlays and and binding and everything um and we have been users of uh ernie ball strings for a super long time like years mm -hmm. and they've always treated us super super well been really helpful with everything we've needed so um, we've kind of been in that family for a long time. And then obviously through that, Dustin started playing their guitars and it was just kind of natural that, you know, they're like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, how about you? <laughs> how about you? Yeah. <laughs> and so they put that out and I was like, well, that's a pretty cool guitar. And, um, yeah, so I've been playing that. Um, I actually just recently switched the neck out. Oh, um, it's kind of an interesting story. So the guitar, I got it and it sounded really good, obviously. Um, and I put some Lawler pickups in it. Um, so it's got an Imperial, Imperial in the bridge. And then this, like, uh, it's like a one-off, um, what is it? Their Tele special. Oh, okay. Neck pickup in a humbucker casing. Um. Sneaky. Yeah. So yeah. I guess we can get back to that. But so that, that's in there. Um, and it sounded really good, but it had kind of like this, um, I don't know how to describe it. Like a tubbiness in the low end. Mm -hmm. it, it's weird. It almost sounded too fat sounding, which is really uncharacteristic. I think of those pickups and also of that, of what you would think from a, from, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's an ash body. Right. So you would think that that's going to be pretty bright. Um, right. Am I, am I correct in thinking that? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it had this kind of like this uh, fatness to it that like I wasn't super stoked on. Um, it sounded really good, but I just, I guess I'll, I'm just used to not like a thin tone, but like I like a nice mid-rangey kind of mm -hmm. punchy tone. Right. Um, and Ed was like, our bass player, he was like, what if you just tried swapping the neck out? Just because Dustin has a good amount of those music man guitars right and he had a spare one he's like yeah why don't you just take the neck off this one and try it and i was like okay i don't think it's gonna do that much you know but um anyway long story short i swapped it out put the neck on and lo and behold it sounded better that's amazing so yeah so now it has like a, a 
full maple neck on there. Um, the other one was like a maple and ebony, maybe fretboard. Yeah. I mean, it it's you know it's a hot debate on the internet, with, you know, about tone wood and how much it plays into things, and then you see people making guitars out of steel and acrylic and all this other stuff yeah. that also sound cool. Yeah. And I've always just thought that like. You know, I because I I would talk to Matt from uh, Mule Resonator Guitars. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but they're no. they're steel. He makes steel-bodied resonators, and then he recently started doing steel-bodied electrics too. And I was talking to him about this kind of same topic. It was like tone wood. Like I understand like why different trees would sound different. You know, sure. they grow, they're organic, they do you know what they have lives. Yeah. And I was like, how? What about steel and like all these man-made things? It would seem like it would be very uniform. And he's like, no. It's not. He's like, it, it seems like it should be, and it's fairly consistent, but every pore, you know, there's no way that every pore is exactly the same right. when they do that stuff. And he's like, my guitars sound different between different instruments. And it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mystery to me. I don't fully understand it. I don't um, either. And I've always been like, not like a naysayer, but like... Uh, I've always kind of been like, yeah, tone woods, whatever. I'm sure it makes a difference, but it probably doesn't make that much of a difference, mm -hmm. you know? And it, especially in a neck. Right. And like literally as of a week ago, I'm maybe changing my, my tune about that. So, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a machinist, so I work with metal okay. a lot. So, yeah. like you can get the same material, but if it's di from a different batch, it can act totally different. Right. Like all of a sudden you're not breaking a chip or you're you're going through tools like crazy and it's and it's like oh well it's basically the same thing. Well I guess I mean in the end metal's an organic material as well. That's even though true. like the when process is more it. of a man made thing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. I Ed, our bass player again, he he knows a little bit more about this stuff than I do. He actually builds his own bases. Really? Oh cool. Um and so he was like, Yeah, as far as I understand, it's uh, has a lot to do with like connection points, mm -hmm. like and which makes sense, like where the strings connect to the actual body and how each piece of the body fits to the other one, and just how well it like resonates, you know, as a whole because of the connection points or whatever. And so he was kind of postulating that maybe this other neck just connected better or in a way that i like more you know what i mean that's yeah. possible yeah i don't know it's hard to pinpoint because i for years i aesthetically wanted a white les paul custom for a long time yeah and i played them and played them different ones in different shops and i was just like yeah gross like they never i never liked them really yeah. and and then finally one day i found the one and it's like what why is this one different i don't know it's it just is somehow it's just, it just sounds better than all the other ones that were in my life at the and so yeah it's, it's weird it is man it's like voodoo i don't know it's, it's <laughs> like to anybody else it probably just sounds like we're bogus but um i think there there's validity to it you know yeah, yeah. i feel like it's it's kind of with anything like when you get used to you know when everyone has tools for whatever they're creating and sometimes it's hard to put your finger on why exactly something is better or yeah. worse or and it's not maybe better or worse is the wrong term it's just not like you said not right for you yeah it's, yeah and i mean i think it i think a lot of tone has to come from like the player oh yeah him or herself so like you know maybe it's just that a particular guitar just makes you play a certain way you know that makes you strum the strings in a 
way that i don't know that something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. definitely so yeah yeah. the way i mean it's yeah you're right it does it does start sounding like voodoo at some point yeah but i mean it's it's also (laughs) a very personal like connection with you and the the instruments that's like like, first time i picked up a resonator it was like i've never played like this before what's going on right like why am i playing like this right but it sounds cool yeah yeah so yeah and i've got one guitar that that i play it was made by by jess and i's friend kevin equitz and I play so weird on it. Like, not, like, I just train, like, I change into a different person. Like, really? I'm like, yeah. why am I playing this way? Right. Like, this swampy blues doom thing that right. I don't <laughs> normally do. It doesn't make any sense. It's weird. And yeah. not what you would think of with that guitar, but. Yeah. That's why, that's why, how I justify myself. I keep buying them. It's like. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I got to pull more things out of myself. Yeah. And get another guitar. <laughs> it's not hoarding. It's, it's, uh, it's collecting. Yeah, well, they all need something different, so I can't get rid of any of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. That's a, that old story. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of need to get rid of some. For me. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, I get it. Start running out of it's space hard. and whatnot. Yeah. So, so you've lived in a few different places now and. I was just curious, like, like how the music scene was different in California versus up in Washington, or did you notice much difference? I couldn't tell you. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not to sound like super jaded, but I don't. I don't like go to shows or, you know, pay that much attention to like the local music scene. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, and especially when we were in Washington, um, it was most, most of the time I was there was, was during our hiatus. Yeah. So we took a hiatus for a few years and, um, during that time I had, I'd really kind of not on purpose, but I'd, I'd stepped back from music quite a bit. And so, um, I was hardly even playing. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and plus it, it didn't help that I was literally on an Island. So, <laughs> yeah. and I tried, I tried to leave as little as possible. So. I think it makes sense though because of your lifestyle previous to that you know like yeah. the running around the yeah. craziness it's just like let's go to the island and make wallets like, yeah yeah exactly yeah i have one in oh my really yeah. oh cool <laughs> my wife cool. got it for me for a, a christmas present oh that's awesome day. that's awesome it's the only wallet that i haven't lost oh nice <laughs> nice so. um yeah so i don't know i don't know uh yeah i was just kind of hanging out on my island and enjoying my life just chilling yeah just chilling so uh what what drew you to leather work um i don't know i've always been into like making just working with my hands i guess um and i got into sewing for some reason i started trying to like sew my own clothes and whatever um but that wasn't like i couldn't really take that on the road with me um you know because i wasn't gonna bring a sewing machine and all that um but somewhere along the line i figured out oh if you work with leather you can do most of it by hand um and you need relatively few tools to do it and uh yeah so i just bought a bunch of tools on while i was on the road actually and started learning how to do it it just kind of snowballed from there uh into an actual like business and i was actually doing that exclusively for several years um and actually, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But so more no, like batches now? It's really, really sporadic. Yeah, it's basically... I mean, so when we were on Vashon in Washington, um, it was, you know, I had a, a couple people working with me and it was like a full business. But once this started back up again, I decided to just kind of scale that back down. 
uh, so I can focus on music again. And um, so now it's just me basically doing it. I have a friend or two that'll help me out when I'm at home if I need it, but it's mostly me. And it's just me kind of doing it when I have the time to do it. So, which is not much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, right yeah, now. it's super, super sporadic. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, they're all cool. So oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, thank I dig, you. I dig what you do on that front too. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I, one thing I was curious about with you guys, and maybe it's changed album to album. Like, what is the writing process like? Does, does somebody like make the skeleton and bring it to the band or what's, what's it look like for you guys? Um, it's kind of all over the place, I guess, any kind of way you can imagine writing something, but it's mostly for, we all kind of write individually on our own. So we'll just, I mean, just like any other musician, I'm sure like you have ideas and you just want to jot that down real quick or something, Mm -hmm. but we'll just have a collection of little ideas or, you know, little like, um, audio clips or whatever that we've recorded on our phones. Um, and usually in the beginning of any kind of writing process, we'll start pulling those together or putting up, putting them up online so that we can share it with each other. And, um, yeah, just kind of like cherry picking things from each other. And maybe, you know, you'd hear an idea from somebody else and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. That might work with something I have, or you might be inspired to like expand on that. Right. That somebody else wrote. Um, but that's kind of like where the very basic basis of songs usually start um and then you know it's just us jamming in a room together too a lot of it um and even stuff like yeah i mean we could just be practicing or something and maybe rise just starts to play a drum beat and then somebody just starts like messing around over that and we're like oh that's kind of cool like record that real quick yeah Yeah. exactly yeah Yeah. so it's all it's all kinds of things yeah it all sounds pretty familiar yeah yeah i mean i think it's how anybody really does anything yeah um yeah or sometimes somebody will come in with like a pretty fleshed out idea you know um it all depends does it ever because you guys have a pretty diverse sound because i talk about you guys a lot on the podcast a lot of the listeners will message me and be like i'm not familiar with that band where do i start oh that's cool and so it's like I'm like, uh, <laughs> what are you into? You know, right, right. cause you know, we've, him and I, Jess and I have been, you know, since I think, I mean, I, I got, got in first heard you guys right before artists, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. And then we went ago. backwards. I think I came in at about the same time Okay. and then got caught up to artists and then have been, in, been along for the ride ever oh, that's since. Cool, man. So, yeah, very cool. so uh, all of these songs mean something to me and I, I, when I get that, where do you start? I, I don't ever know where to direct people, you know? It's, it's kind of like, well, what do you like to listen to? Because then we can start you with an album that's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Vein, that's, because, yeah, that's cool, yeah. But is that, if you were to, somebody were to say, like, where should you start, what would you recommend? I don't know. I'd, I'd probably just, like, start from what's current and maybe work backwards. Okay. But don't go too far. <laughs> <laughs> that's don't fair. go too far. You can't go too far. No, go all the way. <laughs> all the way. I gotta go all, yeah you gotta go all the way my wife's favorite thrice song is phoenix ignition so oh really yeah nice okay <laughs> which is uncharacteristic of her really okay yeah, it, that's not yeah she doesn't usually go that aggressive I wouldn't for some that. reason she really likes that's a lot of teenage but, angst in that one maybe yeah. that's what she resonates <laughs> with but it's a it's a fun track but that's cool start yeah that's probably not a bad way start current and work backwards that that'd be the opposite journey of what we've experienced but right yeah but i mean you know take 
Yeah, I I think as like the person that's been a part of making it, I think you're always the most excited about the current stuff that right. you just did. So of course that makes sense. Yeah. Is it surprising to you the because I mean it's pretty obvious that this has impacted a lot of people. Does it surprise you that it has hit people as hard as it does the songs that you guys wrote? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, it, I can't really even fully wrap my head around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, I mean, yeah, we're just thankful to be able to do it and that people actually care. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of us care a lot. So. No, it's, no, it's, no, yeah, it's, it's that's. I mean, honestly, that's like that's beyond me. Yeah. yeah. I can only vaguely relate to that because I'm like people listen to me talk for that long somebody was like i listened to the whole this was back when there was less episodes but they listened to like 70 episodes in a month and i was like why would you do that to yourself (laughs) (laughs) like the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me was uh i was at a guitar show in portland and a guy walked up and he's like oh hey you're justin i was like uh yeah but how do you know that because i didn't even he's like oh i I heard you talk and i I recognized your voice really i was like (laughs) What? That's wow. so weird. That's wild. That was that was Eric Morrow. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, he, we, you know, we're we're such a bunch of nerds. Like we meet up at Nam, and you know, like uh, were you guys just there? Yeah, we oh, were. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we had do, we've done a, a listener meetup every year, every year that I've been going anyway. And it's like last year, this year was a little bit more low key because I wasn't even sure if I was going to do it. So, I, and then we ended up doing it. But like last year, it was like a hundred people showed up. Wow, really? Like, I'm like, I'm weirded out by it because yeah. it's like this is not familiar territory to me. Last year was crazy. <laughs> last year was nuts. But yeah, this year was a little more low key and kind of a spur of the moment thing. So it didn't... well, that's cool, man. Congrats. That's but, yeah, really cool. Was, yeah, it was weird. I was like serving pizzas to <laughs> people on the sidewalk. It was really, really bonkers. But that's rad. It was a good time. Did you go down there? To Nam? Yeah. No. <laughs> I seen Ed poking around at one point. But. Yeah, Ed Ed made it over. Um I I try and avoid it yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I just Have you ever been? Yeah. A couple oh, okay. years. That's probably why he That's tries why to avoid, avoid it. it. Yeah, it's just um It's insane. It's insane. And it's just like overstimulation and Oh man. Too many people, too much noise and uh yeah, it's a little too much for me. <laughs> yeah. it's, I, it's, I, I totally get that. It's yeah. literally too much for everyone. There's yeah. not anyone that I know that goes to Nam and is like, I'm fresh as a daisy afterwards. Right. Like, everyone's yeah. like, oh. It's, it's mentally draining yeah. just being there, yeah. Our, uh, <laughs> our flight left Sunday morning, and I was like, I bet I can make it to work on Monday. I was like, no, I'm taking Monday off. This is Nam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was a surprise. You took it off already, and then... You were like, I'm going to have to go to work on Monday. And then you text him like, I forgot. I don't have to go to work. Yeah. Yay. And it was like, oh, good times. Man, this is a weird turn of the conversation. Yeah. But hey. Anyway. <laughs> so I like to ask this uh, in a non-incriminating way of guys that have toured around a lot. And if you can remember anything that won't get anyone in legal trouble, what's the craziest thing you've seen on tour? Hmm. Uh, whatever stories we have will be like extremely boring compared to most probably <laughs> that's probably a good thing <laughs> um honestly i can't even think of anything interesting 
we're we're just so mellow right and we don't really do anything <laughs> that crazy um but i mean i guess you know we've traveled around the world and you see you definitely see stuff um nothing that i can think of off the top of my head has there been a particularly interesting country that like you're like wow i'm surprised xyz is here or something something um, interesting that you noted we just went to the philippines for the first time uh several months ago uh that was really interesting just because i'd never really been there or i think it, that was the first time i was in southeast asia mm-hmm. um so that was wild um if you thought the traffic in la or portland was bad <laughs> it is nothing compared to there it's crazy is it because there's so many people and not the great infrastructure or what do you think i have no idea just i was we were only there for like less than 48 hours or something so it was like in and out and play the show and fly out so uh yeah we didn't get to spend that much time there but it was wild it was cool it's very cool um yeah yeah who who do you listen to these days for inspiration musically anybody this is also another one of those questions where i just go fully blank when i get asked yeah. this and i get asked it yeah. a lot yeah. So I should have it dialed, but I don't. Here's maybe an um, easier way to go about it that was that was just presented to me recently on another podcast. Okay, yeah. Uh, you got your phone there? Yeah. Whatever streaming you use, if uh-huh. you use it, what oh, was, what's the, last, what's the last song you listened to? Oh, it's going to be probably, I've been on a jazz, uh, here you go, Moanin' by Art Blakey. Oh. Yeah. All right. So I was going to say, it's going to be a lot of jazz. Oh. Um I've been on like a jazz kick lately. I I do this every so often. <laughs> but yeah, I've been listening to a lot of jazz. Um I actually got asked that question while I was down at Nam. Like, what what have you been listening to lately? And I was just like, dude, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah like, to- right. I know. It's <laughs> it's a weird the thing, thing. Is like it's you you know it's especially if you're really into music, it's just part of your life, and you're just kind of going about it without really thinking too much about it you yeah know, it's I like i don't think that much about it yeah i just go i'm in the mood for this especially now Yeah, exactly you know yeah but it's uh i, I thought that was a fun that, that's uh, i don't know when that podcast is coming out but for everyone listening that was the make more music podcast oh, there you go yeah that's so. a good that's a good way if i get asked that i'm gonna pull, pull my phone out and be yeah. like oh, he let's was see. very specific with it probably because he's thought about this for a while he or maybe it's just everybody says the same thing that could be i uh i uh yeah i don't know you know yeah. So, oh yeah, and then you can do the uh, the recent searches too. Oh, there you go. Okay. Just Thelonious Monk and then Monin. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, nice. Oh, yeah. you can't go wrong with Thelonious Monk. Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff. Oh yeah, he's. he's I'm not genius. even that that into jazz, and I could turn that on once in a while. Oh, cool. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Super, super unique style. Like yeah, that. yeah. Very interesting stuff. So, your your background like is, you know, obviously it's pretty diverse at this point. But like, you guys kind of started out like skateboarding and doing the punk rock thing. Yeah. What would your teenage self think of the music that you're making now? Do you- oh, that's a great question. Probably boring. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you guys are lame. Yeah. Think so really? No, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't think the music we're playing existed now. Really? No. It, I just so... wondered if, like, if you could go back and play. You know, even this this whole album for your teenage self. I think I would probably think it's kind of cool. 
but it's not fast enough or it's right. not riffy enough or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not hard enough. Yeah. This is not injustice for all. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's not enough riffs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's hard. It's hard for me to pinpoint. Cause like I said earlier, Visu was a big turning point for me where I started appreciating other things more. That's cool. And yeah. so like, I remember, I know what my teenage self thought of it. Yeah, <laughs> it that's like, true. Yeah. We, we drove up to, uh, well, this is kind of actually kind of funny. We, we're here at this venue and the at the stairs they were saying pre-order the album and you for visu for visu oh, really? and you can meet the band after the it show wasn't, it was like a high you know i think yeah. it was like two weeks later it was it was it just a couple out. weeks later that it came out and so i was like well we're buying it anyway might so as well buy it now, you know yeah. and meet the band so we you know just a handshake thing or whatever oh that's cool was and that the, on the was thursday thrice tour no that, that was, was you no, came that's, under oath Oh, Under Oath, right. Yes. It was like right before they really blew up. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Okay, yeah, because I think the record maybe came out during that tour. It, it, it I did. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, it, okay. Yeah, it came out like right. Because in my head, that was a Visu tour. Yeah. But it was yeah, when okay. you were, it was, I mean, yeah, I remember the first time I heard Music Box, so. Okay. Yeah. 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 Rad. Cool. <laughs> it was, oh, that's it was cool. awesome. It was like, yeah, whoa, cool. this is this is a different direction than I anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and I just remember driving back, well, we had to drive to Portland to the only FYE that was around at the time. FYE. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> FYE, RIP. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, driving back in my beat up old wagon and me and my friend and bass player was just looking at each other like, what, what are we hearing right now? Like, Yeah, that kind of seemed to be the like, the reaction from most people which like obviously we got a lot of negative feedback right away but we were kind of like well let's let give let people sit with it for a little Mm -hmm. bit and you know it seems like a lot of people did come around which is really cool it's cool that people didn't just write off right away and they like kept giving it a chance and let it actually grow on them you know I, I mean, yeah, we. I think we were some of the few that were like, we were no, like this is awesome." Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, some yeah. of our friends were. I think. I think as it kind of cha- changes a little bit, yeah. in a weird way, at least me, because I was very much like seeking out, like when I would go to music stores and stuff, them through and be like, "That looks like it's gonna scream a lot. I'll probably like it," you know. And, and uh, it was. I was in that phase of life where it was just had to be aggressive. It had to be hard. I guess maybe not unlike your teenage self. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so that one was like and then it kind of made me go like oh yeah this this stuff that i grew up with is actually cool too you know i grew up with a lot of country and like i went back to appreciating that more instead sure, of yeah. trying to find the hardest thing that i could find kind of right. reopen those doors yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah it that's, was a, that's cool yeah. it was a yeah well we were we pretty much were in from from the get-go we we're like oh yeah this is new and different and right on yeah we can still like that other stuff too and you know you got stuff like the earth will shake and that's still hard and aggressive and yeah yeah but so it, for, it, for it us it felt mix. like it was a different way of approaching heavy than we had in the past at mm-hmm. least um yeah did do you know like this might be a, a difficult question to try to remember like was there a band that influenced that shift for you guys or anybody in particular um there's definitely bands uh I mean, I think the biggest thing, I, why I think the reason why there's such a jump between Artists in the Ambulance and Visu, and I, we've talked about this before, but um, I feel like in a way Artists in the Ambulance was a little bit stunted in its growth. Mm-hmm. I think we were already listening to a lot of diverse bands, and I think we had pretty ambitious ideas already 
kind of brewing then, but we, we kind of locked ourselves into a schedule as far as like when we needed the record to be done. So we were like, okay, we need to be done writing at this time. Then we need to record for this long and the record's going to come out here. And then, you know, so we kind of pre-planned things and we caged ourselves in. And I think that it wasn't a fully like developed record in a, in a way. Um, and because of that experience, when we started doing Visu, we were like, okay, we're not going to do that this time. We're going to leave everything fully open-ended. We're going to let all the ideas flesh out as much as we need to. Um, and so I think that that record, like we really kind of, came into our own i feel like mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that's why there's there's such a, a jump there um but yeah sorry going going back to your question um i don't know i think there's a band called isis oh yeah which is mm-hmm. kind of an unfortunate name now right um, they were uh, before it was bad huh? <laughs> they were before it was bad yes mm-hmm. yes uh but they were like a really big influence on us early on like with approaching heavy in in not just like palm mutes and play fast but like you know we were like holy crap this is like slow and kind of doomy and trancy but it's so heavy and yeah. it's so sick dense yeah mm-hmm. funny enough uh i think his name's aaron aaron uh the singer guitar player hydrahead aaron yeah aaron. Oh, okay yeah 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 um he lived or still lives on Vashon Island. Oh, which crazy. is where I was, and it's a small ass community. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I first moved there, I was like, "Wait, he lives here?" And I literally saw him once oh. at, at the <laughs> at the post office, and I was like too scared to say anything. To like, Hello, Hi. but um, yeah, the, so I think he's still there. Actually, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The music biz is it's a weirdly you know especially going from me on the total outside to sort of being in this weird hybrid of in the gear community and now getting to talk to more musicians, which is fantastic. But it's like, so I, I interviewed uh, Yvette Young from Covet. Oh, cool. Yeah. And she's who we were in the van with actually. Oh, right on. And so that was a really fun episode. But like when we were messaging and then you were like, oh, hit up Ken. I was like, oh, I already know Ken, kind of. Right. I don't know him, know him, but like yeah, we yeah. emailed before. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's their manager. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, well, this is easy. And so I emailed Ken and he was like, oh, hey, Blake, nice to hear from me again. <laughs> but it's weird how small things really are. Yeah. And how much more connected. So like I'm starting to meet some people's managers. And I'm like, you manage like 40 bands some, in right. some cases. Right, like, right, It's weird how interconnected things things really are and how much smaller it is as a whole and that's what i found out about the gear community too when i got Mm, into it yeah i think any kind of community is is a lot smaller than you would imagine yeah yeah i mean it's like that with skateboarding too is it really yeah the whole skate world is so small okay so yeah it seems like a big one yeah it seems huge very small yeah no it's all very small Yeah. yeah i'm guessing like a lot of the skate companies are probably like a lot of the pedal companies where it's like you outside looking in it looks massive and then you get to it and there's like one or two maybe three people that work totally yeah yeah that's and some of them are a lot bigger than you think but still like the the industry and the community itself is it's really small tight knit yeah 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 that's this is this is a funny connection that i kind of forgot happened i i tried to be a skateboarder too back in the day and it wasn't i was okay at it but i was a better snowboarder for some reason i couldn't even stand up on one (laughs) but i had i got a lot of issues of slap 
just like laying around. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, the before I ever heard your band, I saw an ad in Slap. We had an ad in Slap. You had an ad in Slap. Dude, I didn't know that. It was I, for I Identity Crisis. Really? Yeah, and I remember it. Like, I'm, it just clicked in my head, like plain as day. I don't know why. Like, this is the moment that I decided to remember that. But it was like, it just, it pretty much described it. And I was like, huh, that sounds interesting. It was, was it like a review or was it an ad? No, it was an ad. Oh, that's cool. It was a. It wasn't just you. It was a couple like were on the hopeless, label. hopeless. Yeah, it was hopeless. Subsidy, yeah, and it was yeah. like just had a it had a the cover of the album and then like a brief blurb about it dude that's cool i mean me being a skate nerd i'm like that's that's cool to me i wonder if i can find it i feel like <laughs> i still the have the highlight of tippy's career it is, yeah <laughs> i made it now if i can find it i'll i'll send you it i i don't know where it is i just know that i saw it in slap oh that's cool because it was the first time i i was like hmm who's that hmm, just keep going and then a few like really literally years later like yeah my our mutual friend was like he was like have you heard this band put it in and i was like oh, i've seen them in a skateboard magazine yeah i've heard them. <laughs> that's rad that's really cool so weird how the worlds blend together sometimes so let's see where else can we go from here we've talked about your oh well you know what we didn't talk about are you running the uh <coughs> excuse me are you running the hs effects with an amp or two front of house uh with an amp <laughs> yeah with an amp um so that that model i think as far as i know it doesn't have the the amp modeling oh it, it doesn't okay yeah i thought it did for some reason yeah yeah because that's the thing it's the hx effect so it's like taking the basically what's the helix uh yeah platform or whatever mm -hmm. you call it and it's taking the effects portion of that okay yeah gotcha yeah yeah so so um yeah i'm running that into a vox ac30 um and then it's running concurrently with a Supro Duotone, I think. Okay. Yeah. One of the newer ones? Yeah, one of the newer ones. Mm -hmm. um, so the story behind that is that I played an AC30 for a, a long time. Um, and then again, I had just, it was like an amp kit. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just like, uh, I forget where I got it, to be honest. But it was a Supro amp kit. And I made it in the back lounge of the bus, <laughs> soldering in the back lounge of the bus, um, which is pretty fun. Like it was like all the point to point and like, you know, on a turret board and right. all that. Um, but I made, made the kit and I started using it, playing it through like a Mesa 212 and our sound guy actually loved it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, um, our gear, all, pretty much all our gear got stolen at one point, and that went with it. And so he was super bummed. And when they started reissuing those, I was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe I can just buy another one. So, yeah. Sorry about that. I almost died, everyone. But we're okay. <laughs> Glad you didn't. Cough attacks. Cough attacks. They, dude, those always seem to happen at the worst times. Yeah, it happens when I'm podcasting quite often, as it turns yeah. out. No, that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, I can't even think of a scenario, but it's like when you're on a plane or something like that, and you're yeah. like sitting next to somebody that you don't know, and you're just like trying not to die, mm. coughing, yeah, I don't oh, know. No. I mean, I, I'm not sick, and I haven't yeah, exactly, in like yeah, years, exactly. now I'm going to. In fact, to. I've never been sick, ever, not in my life. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? So the Supro got stolen. That's where I died. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. The Supro got stolen, uh, actually along with all our other gear, uh, at some point. 
Uh-huh. All of it? Like, almost the all. The trailer or something? Uh, no. So we had um, a storage spot. So, we're, you know, we just like a, I don't know, just random. Uh, can't think of any brands right now. Storage facility. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we had a bunch of gear in there, like years and years worth of gear just piled up in there. Uh, the only gear that wasn't in there, luckily, was the stuff that was in our studio. So the stuff that we were actually like currently using, using yeah, um, was in our studio, but everything else was in that storage spot, as, including that Supra, which is what I used only when I took out on tour. And so that was in there. Um, and the people next door to us somehow figured out that we had a bunch of gear in there and probably figured out the fact that we wouldn't go in there for months at a time because mm-hmm. we would only hit it up when we needed to go on tour and whatever. And so we had actually accumulated like a ridiculous amount of like just junk in there. Like we literally had trash. Like, you know, we would finish a tour and there'd be trash, like merch boxes and whatever in the t- trailer. We'd just throw it in there, close the door and go home. Like forget we about it. We'll deal totally, with that later. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And years, years of that. Um, so we were like, you know what? We need to sell a lot of this stuff off. Let's like eBay a bunch of this stuff or something. And so we actually went there to go take inventory and we rolled the door open and it was literally it was swept clean there was nothing in the stinking space but it was so absurd that i was like wait they even took the garbage did (laughs) something's not obviously something's not right but i was like this isn't adding up like did we have the keys to the wrong storage place like that that doesn't make any sense and i was like maybe they cleared our unit out because we are we didn't pay the bills or something like that like there's an explanation for this you know what i mean uh, but no, apparently the people next door broke down the drywall, separating our spaces, Oh! pulled all our gear into their space to unload it, and then rebuilt the drywall. Whoa, that's dedication. <laughs> yeah. And then like literally in the process, it was literally swept clean. Oh, wow. And so they, but they took all their trash too. So, <laughs> but yeah, there was like, there's some cool stuff in there. Like, um. Like the uh, banner that we had for Illusion of Safety that we used to like put in, you mm-hmm. know, like the backdrop. Um, I think the artist in the ambulance one was in there. Um, I, I lost a lot, a lot of gear. And like literally to this day, there's things that come up and I'm like, oh, I used to have that. Oh, shoot. I don't anymore. You know, or like stuff that I forgot to claim on insurance, too. Because there was just so much junk in there that I, I can only remember certain things. Um yeah, and I'll be like, oh, crap, I didn't claim that. Do you yeah. ever see any of it come up? And like, hmm, I'm waiting, dude. So there's, there's literally one thing that was in there that I, like, really want to find again, and that was my Black Lust Fall. Oh, so custom. Yeah, so I don't know if you see, like, old pictures of me playing mm-hmm. a Black Lust Fall. That was, like, my my guitar that I, it was, like, my baby for years and years. And, uh, yeah, that thing's gone. And that's the only thing that, like, really meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, I think our guitar tech who had worked on the guitar gave me the serial number like a year ago. So I've been looking out for it, but I haven't seen it yet. Hey, we're good people to put that out to. We have a lot of gear nerds that listen. Dude. Yeah. I should hold on. I'll have to find it. Yeah. We can keep moving on, but yeah, do it. I I just got to say, I know that nobody listening to this podcast will, but, uh, 
if anybody thinks about stealing gear, just don't do it. Yeah, don't I mean, do it. Don't that steal sucks. anything, really. But you're stealing somebody's livelihood, so it's not cool. It's really not cool. Happens way too often. Makes me so mad. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> but you know what, though? To be honest, like it was one of those things where you always think, like, what if this happens? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it happened. And in the at the end of the day, I was kind of like, well, oh, well. Yeah. You know, worse. Yeah. yeah, it's just in the end, it's stuff. It's stuff that could mean something to you, but it's just stuff and you're still happy and healthy. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's all good. Yeah. It's a good outlook. I'm have. glad you brought that up because the, the guy that edits this podcast told me specifically to ask if that guitar made it back or not. So, oh, really? Yeah. No, man. I, I'm waiting for that day. I can't find the serial number right okay, now, but well, I'll let you know. When when we put this episode up, we'll, you know, okay. we'll make, we'll put it in the show notes. You we'll can, spread the word. Dude, that would be insane if it came back. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It, it I'm seeing it happen more today, g- stolen gear getting, making it back. Well, it's been, it's but weird. this has been like... It's been a while. I want to say close to 10 years. I just want everyone who's listening to this that owns a blacklist, Paul Custom, that you bought secondhand that, to check the serial number, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's one of those guitars, too, that like even 10 years later, I still feel like if I were to hold it, I'd be like, this is my guitar. Yeah. I know this one. You know, yeah. like I know all the like you scratches. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's weird how that happens. Like after a while, it's like, yeah, every dent. It's like, oh, I remember when that happened. Yeah, it's totally. Like, I yeah. remember it. And like nobody else. It's almost like people wouldn't believe you. It's like... No, this is my this is my guitar. This yeah. is my baby. Yeah. I'd like to at least think so. If I were to see it and hold it, I'd know. But yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I would. I bet you would. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you would. Yeah. So that was was that down then California where yeah. where it happened? Oh yeah. man, bummer. Well, we'll try to keep our ears to the ground and see what we can do. But. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. So, moving on from all that sad stuff because it makes me sad inside. <laughs> <laughs> So you you said you've been working with Ernie Ball. Like, what what can we get a Tepe signature? Like, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah, we're we're still early in that phase, so I don't know. We'll see. That would be um, cool. I'd, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I don't know. I think I bounce around too much to like commit to something where I'm gonna have my name on it. But we'll see. I I understand that. Yeah, yeah. This is like, yeah. I this is one of the first tours i've done really without my les paul so it actually feels weird mm. but um yeah and i actually left my i have a nash telly oh yeah that's like that's like my new baby those are sweet since my les paul has gone um and that this is like one of the first tours i've done without that even being on the road and that oh. feels it feels weird it feels really weird was that on purpose or you a little bit to- yeah that was one of those things where i was like you know what this guitar is like starting to mean a little too much to me now <laughs> I, I think i'm gonna leave it at home i don't want to bring it out because it's it, things get really beat up on tour yeah. and you never know like things get stolen on the road we had, somebody actually stole that guitar off our stage once in australia the nash Tell- that nash Tell- yeah and then uh, our guitar deck got it back <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm sure that was a fun conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, excuse me, good sir. Yeah. That is not your Telecaster. Exactly. Oh, I, my mistake. <laughs> I thought it was. I'm sure it was very gentlemanly. Yeah. Yes, oh, I'm yes, sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. They slapped each other with gloves and dueled over it, I'm sure. That's exactly how it went down. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we're getting close to the last couple questions, and there's some classic questions that I want to get into. But right now, and this is... This might be hard because I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but if there's anything you want to tell people, whether that's like 
come see you on tour or if you have some some message you'd like to live with leave with people this is where i like as deep or shallow as you want exactly this is this is your chance to put up a billboard and say whatever you want to say oh man i'm so bad at this (laughs) everyone is don't worry um i don't know i mean i guess if you've been a follower of of our band for a long time and have been supporting us thank you um yeah, we we're fully aware that you know we can't really do this without people's support, and so we're um, always always very thankful for that. Yeah, awesome. That's perfect. All right, so this question is a newer question, but it's became became very popular. People really like this one, and you may have already answered it earlier, but we'll see. But what is your favorite boss pedal? Boss pedal. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna say the PS3 or whatever that pitch shifter delay is called. All right, um, and that's been a very common answer. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. A lot of people love that pedal. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know like how well known that was. It's, yeah, it's, it's a magical pedal. It's it's yeah. This is this is why I was saying earlier that it keeps coming up. I need to get one. So I think I had, I definitely had one, maybe even two, and that were stolen in that incident. <laughs> yeah. Keep coming back. And you to know that. what? Like I said, literally to this day, I'm like, oh, I didn't claim that on the insurance. Mm-hmm. That's one there it is. Yeah, yep. it just happened. <laughs> uh, sorry to keep reopening that one. No, that's all right. All right, this is the one that gets a little more, a uh, little more controversial with people. It gets, it's about, I don't know. It's probably about as controversial as this podcast gets. So, yeah. all right, let's go. Yeah. What kind of pizza do you like? Oh snap! Mm-hmm. Um, Neapolitan style pizza for mm-hmm. sure, like authentic. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have some chef buddies in New York. Oh, who are that's a like good place to have chef buddies? Yes, yes, they're absolutely incredible what they do. Um, they have a few restaurants in the Lower East Side. Um, one of them's called Contra. If you're ever in in that area, you should definitely, definitely go. The other one's called Wild Air. It's literally next door. Okay, and it's incredible. They're both. It's the best food I've ever eaten, honestly. Oh, man. But anyway, so they they paired up with this guy, Anthony. I don't know how to say his last name, so I don't want to butcher it. But he's like this Neapolitan pizza guru. And it used to be, I think, somewhere in New York. And then he moved to San Francisco and brought his business with him to San Francisco. And they brought him back to New York. Um, and they reopened. It's called Una Pizza Napolitana. Oh, I've heard of this before. Okay, yes. yeah. And it's all um, natural fermentation, like no additive yeasts or whatever. It's uh, So basically, it's like a sourdough pizza, uh, super authentic, wood-fired uh, pizza, and it's so good. Oh, man. It's so good. So yeah, that that's going to be my pick. That sounds incredible. Yeah. I think we're going to go get some pizza after we're done with this because... Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. We need to bring you back some. There's there a good go. spot around here. Oh, yeah? yeah? What's that? It's called Checkerboard. Okay. And it's like very New York style. Okay. Um, I, I mean, if it's not that, then I, I did New York style, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting pizza because both Jess and I, you know, we like our meats and stuff on it. And and we went to it and we got, what was the style that we got? I don't remember exactly what it was but i know that there was like jalapeno and honey and and some like prosciutto or something yeah oh, that, that sounds was, fancy it, oh it was amazing but the cheese slice yeah we got was, one of those slices and a best. cheese and we were like man this fancy one was good 
but I wish we would have just got. I wish I would have just got another slice Dude, of cheese. Dude, sim- simple, simple always does it. Yeah. Maybe if that, maybe I can retake my billboard thing. That's simple, <laughs> simple, simple always does it. Does it. That's like seriously my the motto for my life. Um, yeah, it's similar with that Neapolitan stuff. Is um, I mean, I always like just like a good um, margarita pizza. So mm-hmm. it's just like some good mozzarella, tomato sauce, and basil. Um, but we asked them, we're like, Hey, what's, what's your jam here? You know, what should we order? And like, it's going to sound weird, but get the marinara, which is literally just tomato sauce, no cheese, nothing. Really? Yep. And it was delicious. And it sounds like, it sounds like I'm just saying that, but it's true. Um, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This has been awesome. Thanks, it kind of flew by, but yeah. but yeah, okay, good. Here we are. <laughs> this was this was amazing. Thank you for taking the time and having us here, and I can't wait to watch the show. This is gonna Cheers, be awesome. man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, all right. For Tepe and Jess, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. It was awesome. 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 All right, we did it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, folks. I really, really had a great time recording it. And it's a big thanks to all of you for downloading and tuning into this thing that that even happened. So thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. I hope you dug it and all of that jazz. So yeah, keep tuning in. We've got more rad guests coming up. And I want to put that Les Paul serial number out there one more time. It'll also be in the show notes. That is 824-85530. So if you happened to come across a black Les Paul custom with that serial number. Shoot an email to me, or you can DM Tepe, I'm sure, on Instagram. E- either way, just make it happen. Email me at info at tonemob.com if you need to. Okay, I know a lot of you are tuning in right now, not just because you're Thrice fans, but because you may have seen a post somewhere that said you were going to learn how to win a pedal. The Trapper from Fender. It's a super versatile fuzz with a switchable octave on and off and two different modes of fuzz on it. It's really, really, really cool. And I want to give a big thanks to Fender for throwing that in for this episode. So, how are you going to win this thing? On Instagram, I will be posting a picture of Tepe playing this Les Paul for the episode announcement. Along with the serial number. What I want you guys to do is to screenshot that. And share it yourself with the hashtag find Tepe's Les Paul. So I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I've done crazier things for dumber reasons. So take a screenshot of my post and the serial number will be listed in the comment again. And then let's say I'll give it a week and a half. Yeah, a week and a half from when this episode drops. Let's get let's just go two weeks. Let's go two weeks from when this episode drops. I will randomly scroll through everyone who posts that and... With that hashtag, make sure you use that hashtag or I won't be able to find it. Hashtag find Tepe's Les Paul. And I will randomly select somebody just completely blindly and they will win this fuzz pedal. So let's try to get this thing back to him. Let's have some fun with this. And yeah, let's find Tepe's Les Paul. All right. Okay, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. Let's do this thing. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. 
So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com slash stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.